When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is George Weiner, Colonel Sanders and Spaceballs, and I am on Tanned Air Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to pop culture. I'm Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty. And I am Randy Hardenbrook. And ladies and gentlemen, it almost feels corny for to say we've got another one of those good episodes for you. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like maybe I'm patting myself, ourselves <laughs> on the back a little too hard, but... You know what? It just is. We this... did it again, guys. We did it again. <laughs> We're geese that lay fucking golden eggs, let me tell you. No. <laughs> but no, we are very honored to have a very special guest this week. He has done so much. He's been in so many television shows. There isn't enough time to even sit here and list them. I'm going to name some of them, but he's been in MASH, WKRP in Cincinnati, Perfect Strangers, Golden Girls, Married with Children. Desperate Housewives, House. Glee, House, uh, Boy Meets World, The West Wing, Sanford and Son, All in the Family, and Hill Street Blues. He had a long run on as Erwin uh, Bernstein, but he's probably best known as Colonel Sanders from Spaceballs. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome George Weiner to the show today, and boy, oh boy, what a fun talk that was. Oh, They're yeah. always fun in their own way, but... This guy was just a blast to talk to. Super humble. It just took time out of his day to talk with us. And it's just, it's so surreal. And it's just, oh, yeah. God, I love this. <laughs> yeah. It never stops being rewarding in, in this aspect. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's so much fun to get to talk to these people. But, fuck, that, this is what the third person from Spaceballs we've had now. Is it and third? Well, Rob Paulson and yep. uh, uh, Michael Winslow. Mm-hmm. Rob was there? He got very little screen time. Yeah. But he. Mm was one of the space balls. Oh, okay. Remember, because when he was on the show, he had a story about being on set. And oh, stuff that's right. That yeah, Mel yeah. had said to yeah. him. But, you know, we'd love to have as many space balls oh, yes. people on the oh, show as we yeah. could get. But, man, to get Colonel Sanders, holy shit. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I would have never thought we'd have got George no, on the show. No, yet. definitely not. Here we are. And, again, had a great conversation with him. So I can't wait for you guys to hear that. But before we cut over to it, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. If you want to support the show, many different ways you can do it. Head to candarepodcast.com. There's a tab to go to our Patreon page where there's hours upon hours upon hours of extra content you could take advantage of for ten, excuse me, for five to ten dollars a month. We also have a merch uh, tab there where you can get t-shirts, mugs, stickers, all kinds of stuff that feature artwork by Candare patron Joshua Bellis. Mm-hmm. The Candair fashionista. I would say so. He's making our shit look good. Hell yeah, he is. (laughs) He's what he's doing. So, 
Uh, I'm gonna have to get on there and get some myself because they're looking too cool to the point. It's like, man, maybe I should have one of these. I mean, this is our show. <laughs> like, <Yeah. you> know? <laughs> so that, that's how that's how awesome they look. We'll have to put a post up featuring some of them when, uh, when we get another one on, or two on there or something like that. And uh, show them off. Show them off to the world. And uh, what else am I forgetting? So two things. Uh, go to evergreenpodcast.com. Check out all the great shows. Check out us. And if you have a spooky story, mm-hmm. we want to hear it. It's almost that time of the season. We want to hear your spooky shit. That we do. We want to get you on the show. It doesn't have to necessarily be a ghost story, though, I mean, (laughs) we'll definitely take a ghost story. (laughs) You know, UFO, just unexplainable, just anything, just any weird kind of unexplainable shit that's happened to you. We want to hear it. We want to get you on the Halloween episode. So reach out to us. Info at candarepodcast.com. I think that's everything. So Should we let them know that the interview took place then, not now? (laughs) Like now? Like now. now. No, then, not now. It happened then. When is then? (laughs) Then is now. Pretty soon. (laughs) (laughs) I think we lost everybody with that. But I see where you're going. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's cut over to our conversation with George Weiner. George, I want to thank you so much for taking time to be here. It is quite an honor to have uh, Colonel Sanders on the on the line with us. Thank you for being here. Well, I appreciate your thanks. Um, and uh, I speak on behalf of Colonel Sanders, who is always happy to have somebody appreciate him because he's, you know, gone, he's been playing, uh, you know, second fiddle for so long in his career. It's right. nice for him to be uh, recognized. So he's, <laughs> he'll be very happy, I promise. <laughs> well, the namesake of our show, our, our show's name is Canned Air, and it's a tribute to Spaceballs. I mean, we talk about much more other oh, yeah. than Spaceballs, yeah. but yeah, so anytime we get somebody that's been in the Spaceballs film uh, on the show, it's always a treat. So once again, thanks so much. But uh, let's start back, uh, I guess, kind of where your beginnings are. The earliest thing I could find for you online was that you had graduated from uh, Syracuse University in 68 with a drama major. And it was what about a few years after that, that you actively uh, started acting on television and film. What was it that first made you want to pursue acting in the first place? Well, you know, uh, first place is the right way to say it because I, I kind of grew up wanting to do it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say it was because of this or that, but I, I think the most obvious one that I remember was going to the theater I grew up in in Boston, and uh, that was sort of an uh, before the shows went to New York and Broadway. They'd come to Boston and other cities to uh, work it out, and um, so I was found myself seeing a lot of wonderful shows, plays, musicals, um, and I just fell in love with it. I, I honestly remember looking up on stage, maybe one of the very first times I was in a the theater like that, and saying, "I don't know what's going on up there. I'm very young, but I." I want to be up there. I wanted to be, yeah. I wanted to be part of it. Uh, and I, you know, um, I follow that. So, you know, theater was my, it was and is my, my first love. And so that's what started. It's, there's a young man falling in love, going to the theater and seeing wonderful, wonderful actors and, and, uh, and musicals and so on. And, uh, and that, that opened up the gates for me. Although the gates can close, close on you pretty quickly too. You have to be careful of those gates, but uh, <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it was fun. It was that, that was the start of it. If my answers are too long, don't please feel free to cut me off. 
Never. never. Oh, God, never. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it looks okay. looks like the doors have, you know, I, and I've heard that before from other actors that you never know, you know, the door can shut on you any time. But mm-hmm. it looks like for you, those doors have been wide open. I mean, you know, I always say this when we have people on the show like, man, look at your IMDb. It's so long. And they typically are. But I've never seen anything like like your filmography like it's in like all the all the tv appearances shows you've been on it's nuts i've never seen anything like it thank you i mean i'm i you know i, I can't pretend that i'm not aware to a degree that i have been extremely fortunate uh with uh, you know, hanging in there over the years you know I, I remember early on in my career um somebody saying well you know if you really want to work a lot you have to do drama and comedy um, one or the other is fine, but you know, that will get you further along. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I found myself doing that, um, doing both comedy and, and drama and, and recognizing that, yes, uh, that could get me further along and um, continued to do some theater, but then started doing a lot more TV and film. And of course, it's exciting to do it. And uh, it really it's really something once you've done it, you you really want to work on it as much as you can because there's a learning curve when you do theater and then go to film right. uh, or television. It's, it's you know, I remember the first time I did anything on uh, one of the very first times on uh, TV, and I I drove home going, I don't know what I'm doing yet. I mean, I mean that seriously. It was like I I'm acting as if I'm still in theater, and I better shape up in a hurry and you know, uh, and um, that so I did. I had you know, I, I, I watched a lot of people, and I had a wonderful agent um, who we talked about it, and she she understood the problem, and it was you know it was something that I, I was able to take care of. But there was that opening uh, opening sort of uh, first you know first shot at it, and I went, okay, you know, you you've got uh, you got to look at work a little harder if you want to get anywhere in this uh, in this town. But yes, it's. It's been a wonderful time for me. I, I, I feel very, very fortunate for the people I've met, people I've worked with uh, over the years. Absolutely. I could sit and pick your brain on like <laughs> half of all these shows listed yeah. here just on your experience, but obviously don't have that kind of time. And having had so many <laughs> roles over the years, uh, were there any parts that you had auditioned for that you didn't end up getting that you were really excited about or really wanted? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I, the, the answer has to be yes. I don't think there's too many uh, things that you audition for and don't get that you aren't disappointed about. You know, I, I, I can't, I can't actually say, Oh, that was the one I wanted so badly and didn't get, uh, I, nothing, nothing that I can think of that way. Um, so I, 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 I wish I could think of one, but I, I've been, as I say, very fortunate that way. And um, so, no, I, I haven't missed anything that way, but I've certainly missed things. There's no question about that. I've, uh, given it shots and, and watched uh, other wonderful actors get jobs. And, you you know, you can't do anything but um, be grateful that you're in the company of these actors. You know? Sure. So you know, that was how it was so much when I, especially as a younger actor. I've heard so many actors say, too, that for every part you do get, there were like five to ten auditions that you didn't get, that didn't go well. So I can't imagine how many auditions over the years. It's <laughs> It's got to be one hell of a big number it's like cold calling and sales yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes there's no question it's a big number and i'm very um pleased with uh, many times as i was able to get jobs but certainly there's as many or more that's for certain that you didn't get absolutely um 
can't, you know, you have to just prepare for that. And, um, right. you know, you sit by the phone and at some point it doesn't ring and you go out and have dinner and, uh, and you come back to see if there's a message in your phone. But now so it's, that didn't work. So that was a joke, actually. But that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just one t-shirt. <laughs> Yes. All right, man. So <clears throat> let's jump over, I guess, into talking about Spaceballs, because, you know, we obviously have some of those questions for you. But, you know, Spaceballs, from what I've been reading online, this wasn't the first time uh, you actually worked with Mel. It was on a film called To Be or Not To Be, which I just I had never even heard of until mm -hmm. I uh, looked it up the other day. And now I think I got to see it. But um, how how did you and Mel's paths first cross? Was it just as simple as answering an audition for the film or is there more to it than that? Well, you know, it's a, it's, it's a really fun question um, for me to answer because uh, I got a call uh, from my agent saying, Mel Brooks wants to meet you. And I said, don't mess with me, please. Because, I mean, it was <laughs> impossible. What do you mean, Mel, Mel Brooks wants to meet me? Uh, you know, and she said, no, Mel Brooks wants to meet you. And so I went, you know, the next day or whatever to Mel Brooks's office. And I walked in and he said, um, we're all sitting down now. Now that was a line of mine that I had put into a film that I, I was doing, a small, small part in a film that he turned out to be the, one of the producers of. In fact, my agent had said, "I'll do it." I know it's a small part, but Mel Brooks is the producer, and you know, I might see you and all of that. Um, and then I had asked the, the director, I said, "Can I say this line? I, you know, you don't want to do that in posant. You're an actor, you're not a writer." But I said, "Do you mind if I when I go over here, I say?" Um, we're all sitting down now because I'm, I'm a guy, I'm a lawyer with a very tough guy, you know, who's, you know, on a difficult day. And, uh, I'm very quietly, you know, saying that to him. So that was a line that I had actually put in the film and he let it stay. And now I walk in and Mel Brooks sends that to me, this line that I put into a movie. And, um, wow. he had seen, seen the movie, um, and, uh, he decided that he um, wanted to put me in a film. And uh, so we, you know, I, I did my first uh, movie with him, um, To Be or Not To Be, um, as a result of of that little ad lib that I had put in, I say ad lib, but with the permission of the director, uh, into this film. And um, I just thought, thank goodness I said that. Uh, yeah. Let me say it. Uh, and, you know, there were so many moments like that, I think, in so many in so many of the uh, actors' careers, of some something you did without any uh, idea that it was somehow going to further your career. Um, you do things, you meet people, something happens, and all of a sudden that mattered. And you know, right. so I, I'm, I, I've come to to uh, understand how how fortunate you are to be in the right place at the right time and all that. But that happens. That's going to happen to a lot of us out here, and that's going to help move us along. And it certainly did. Um, you know, meeting with Mel obviously is pretty pretty wonderful thing to do, and then to be told he wants to put me in a in the next movie he's doing, and and that led to the one after that, which was Spaceballs, and um, so you know, it's so it's well you can imagine before you know it's it was a pretty wonderful uh, all of the whole experience. It's still wonderful when you talk to Mel. Um, a friend of mine said he ran into Mel. Said, "Oh, I'm a friend of George Weiner's." He said, "Tell him to call me." So I called Mel, and I, I, I said, "Hi, it's George." He said, "I told you never to call me here." <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's Mel. And I said, 
I, I never heard that. He went, you never heard never, you know, so you, you can't, Mel is going <laughs> to, it's, it's what you love about the man. I mean, there, there is no funnier man in my lifetime. And I don't know how, how many other lifetimes uh, than Mel Brooks, um, just simply an extremely, extremely talented, funny man who can write his play and his shows and, uh, and, and perform in them. And so, right. you know, then you know, when, when we were doing Spaceballs, there were times when we just would, would we'd break up laughing and, um, and you get nervous. You go, oh, I'm sorry, Mel, you know, because then when you laugh, you're ruining the scene. <laughs> and he went, but doing a comedy here, laugh. If it's funny, just laugh. He didn't care if you laughed. That's what we're supposed to be doing and making others laugh. So, uh, but very special man, very special uh, and as, a, as a, a comedic actor and director, there's never been anybody but like Mel. It just isn't. That's uh, and I know because I've worked with uh, uh, three other uh, directors, and that's it. But not much of a career, but I've met two others as well. And if you pause again and don't laugh, <laughs> I'm going to hang up. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to tell if you guys are yeah, joking yeah. or not. It's better no, when you I, can see the I, face, I, but... I, I, You're right. And you're going to laugh at an actor, and then he goes, you think that's funny, you know, so <laughs> you're right. Yeah, you, did, you did the right thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a quick break from our conversation with George Weiner to jump to commercial, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. What kind of uh, direction then was uh, Mel giving you while you guys were filming Spaceballs? Mel, Mel was on top of everything that way as a director. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it was much the way uh, any director would. And it, it might be uh, the way you, you, you said uh, a line, or it just might be where you're, where you're standing and move you over here and walk over there and took, look back and those kind of directions. Um, but certainly if you weren't, getting the joke. If you weren't, you know, landing on the joke, um, he was going to help you, you know, in a very positive way. You know, you know, look, you know, here's the line, you know, so you, you were clear what was intended then, uh, if you were sort of messing around and not quite there. But it was all done, um, it was all uh, appropriate that it be done, you know, we're trying to make his movie and as funny as we can make it. So, um, that's, that's what he would do. But, um, you know, when you're working with Rick Moranis, you don't have to worry too much about it. <laughs> no. <laughs> they're just, you know, when you've got, I mean, every once in a while, I just look down, I got Mel Brooks in my right and Rick Moranis in my left. And it, you know, please, you know, uh, it, you, you, you just doesn't get any better if you're doing uh, comedy and, you know, um, I don't care if you're doing anything, these guys are so, so talented. And, but when it comes to humor, they were the best that they still are. Right. Um, so it was quite a, it was quite a treat for me 
to be part of that. You know, you're still kind of, you know, go home in the car and go look in the mirror and go, yeah, it's me. I'm, <laughs> I'm the one who was there today. You know? So, so that was that. Yeah. Very special. You, you know, you mentioned uh, Mel and Rick already, but, you know, John Candy, Bill Pullman, Michael Winslow, the, the amount of talent in this film mm. is incredible. Absolutely. And you already had mentioned, um, you know, everybody breaking up and into laughter at certain jokes and stuff. Were there any, like, in particular standout moments just for yourself or with you and another crew or castmate uh, during this that really stands out in your memory? Oh, that's well, that's a good question. You know, I... I not necessarily because it was by any means the funniest thing we you know in the movie, but I I remember the the first day we shot. You know that was that was you know we were filming out in uh, Atlanta. Where were we? Where we weren't in California, but we had to be out in a desert scene. And um, oh, right, you know, it's just being in the car with Rick and and, and Mel. Um, you know, and I didn't have anything to do except you know. Uh, they start the car and I'm standing up. I go, start the car. And then, of course, I fell on my on my tush the minute we took off. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, you knew right away you were, that's just what it's going to be like. Um, but no, I I, um, I just think working the first scene was the one <clears throat> that I always stand out the most. Um, and as, you know, as far as uh, other moments went, there were, there were so many, you know, I, Rick, Rick was so funny. And, and then we would be, you know, in between shots there for a moment. Um, he'd say something and start laughing. <clears throat> and now, we, now I'm laughing. And then he'd pull his, 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 his helmet down. And uh, <laughs> so Mel can't see him laughing. And Mel's going, yeah, right, action. And I'm laughing, and I can see his little legs going. You know, I know he's laughing down there. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, the, I'm the only guy getting caught laughing, you know. So, I mean, there was, there's moments like that, you know, when, <clears throat> and again, and that's, that's just working with these, these two people. Yeah, you were at quite a disadvantage without that helmet, weren't you? <laughs> oh, I certainly was. I certainly was. Absolutely. Yeah. I will say that, you know, I don't think Mel... Uh, expected, and I don't want to. I shouldn't speak for him, but I, I don't think he expected this our movie to be. You know, it, was, it would be fine. It would do well for a while, and then it would you know, move on. But there has been this thing, and obviously, I think because it's 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 sim- simply uh, similar to so many things that are going on were going on at that time. So have a spaceballs uh, kind of like story, um, you know, flying around the, the world and up into a planet and so on. Um, that just has always seemed to be uh, current in, in so many ways, you know, with our right. space travel and so. And I think that was one of the things that's really helped it uh, to just. And then I, you know, I would have uh, parents, a father, come up to me and with his son, who was like seven, maybe seven, eight years old, um, and saying, you know, I want you to meet him. The father loves spaceballs, and he's got his son and and uh, watching. And I think that's. But that's been going on a long time with Spaceballs. And that's why it's still here and, and still popular um, because it's generation after generation after generation has had a chance to watch it. And it's, um, it's, uh, it's worked for all of them, for all of them. <clears throat> so very, we're very lucky. That. It doesn't usually happen. It happened with you know, movie, wonderful movies hang around forever. But, um, you know, a comedy, a light comedy like that to still be as popular as it is is, 
is is not common. I would I wouldn't think. No, I wouldn't say so. I'm hard pressed to think of another that's really stood that test yeah. of time. You know, it's timeless in the comedy. Yeah. I mean, it all it holds up still yeah. today in a big way. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, you know, and and I will tell you, I don't. <clears throat> I've gone a long time with, uh, recently without seeing it, and I turned the TV it was on, and I went, oh, I'm going to watch. You know, it was the middle of the movie or whatever. Watch for a little while, and I kept watching because it's funny. You know, okay, and I'm not talking about my performance. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, it, it, you just go, yeah. This this is going to be around for for a long, long time. Uh, it's it's so well done and with with such good people uh, doing it. And the list that you mentioned, the actors, you know, just wonderful. I mean, whatever the part is, big, middle, you know, big or small or whatever, you're going to have wonderful comedic actors doing them. Mm-hmm. So um, there's no moment that the film doesn't continue to to work as a as a, a comedy yeah the stars were in a line for that one no pun intended there but, <laughs> yeah. um, i mean truly absolutely i had yeah. read something online and this is um you know you know you never know if you can believe what you read online but i had read you know looking at facts about space balls that the sound stage mm-hmm. that was being used for space balls was also the same sound stage that they had used for the Wizard of Oz, and that um, cast and crew would occasionally find pieces or traces of the yellow brick road in the building. Is there any fact to that? Can you speak to that or no? I I heard that myself. I didn't see pieces being picked up, but I was aware of that. Uh, I can't confirm it, but you know, um, it was up at Fox, um, and you know, uh, a lot of wonderful films made over there. Um, so it, it's. I would say it's very likely. I think those guys, when they said it, I went, "Yeah, okay, this is where this is where that film was filmed." But I don't, I don't remember the picking up of pieces. I can't, can't say I saw any of that because if I had, I would have tried to pay him for it. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I was thinking there maybe there's traces, but when it said pieces, I was like, "What?" That's kind of weird. Yeah, it had to have been picked clean years ago. Yeah. and I think the cleaning people would have been fired, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. I've got one more question for you here. Sure. This is kind of going Absolutely. away from uh, space balls, but uh, you know, television and film has evolved so much over the past 20 mm-hmm. years and you yourself, you've been in the industry, <laughs> what going on 50 years, if not 50, which is incredible. Yeah, 50. Yeah. So, you know, with the advent of the internet, YouTube, streaming services, and then, you know, like quarantine kind of changing the way uh, we get movies now, you know, so many things have changed from somebody, you know, from your perspective, from where you're sitting in the industry for this long, what do you, what do you think about the evolution of television? Do you like where it's gone? Do you think something's lost in it? Well, one of the things that I, um, I'm, worries me a little bit about the way things work now and that you can get everything on television. You know, when a movie comes out, they'll put it in the theater for seven days so it can be eligible to get an Academy Award. And then they'll immediately go to, to Zoom, whatever. And I want theaters to be filled. I, I right. Now, it's gotten better. That, that was that was really true for a while there. And, I, you know, now you have films staying longer. But I want to see movies in theaters. And I want to and I'm always hoping that the theaters are filled. Um, because that movies had such a played such a big role for so long, uh, and and I, I don't want to see it 
losing out the television. I love television, right. but um, f- film in theaters is, is is special, and it has been for what you know forever uh, with films. Yeah, so um, that's the one thing that I'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed about, and uh, hoping hoping we don't keep sliding away from movie theaters. And so you know, some wonderful ones are closing because people just there aren't enough people coming in. And um, yeah, I don't like reading that, um, but I'm old old school. And uh, that way, and um, so uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed that those theaters can either stay open or come back open. I get it, though. I mean, we lost two theaters around here, mm-hmm. probably more in Columbus here. But, you know, going to the theater versus sitting at home watching a movie, two completely different things. And for a lot of people, I guess it isn't. Some people are fine taking the at-home yeah. option. They'll take it over it. But the theater you know, it's such a disconnect. Those lights go down. It just shuts everything off Mm -hmm. in the world. And it's just you and that film. You get to concentrate and go on this adventure or whatever for, you know, next hour or two. Uh, When I'm at home, I'm like, oh, there's dishes I could probably get done. Maybe I'll do it during this quick part. You know, you can just pause it, go to the bathroom real quick. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's where the magic is, I think, is uh, is, uh, the theater. I like my big TV, but I like the big movie screen, too. That's still, there's, yeah, there's a lot more immersion going to the theater. We go to the theater all the time, you and I don't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just, it's just, again, just love the submersion into it. And that was one thing that I missed severely during a quarantine was going to the theater. Mm -hmm. Well, yes. And listen, you you couldn't have said it better. I, um, I, I agree with everything you've said. And, and and I feel the same way you feel about it. Um, it's a very special thing to be in a theater with people. You're you feel the energy of every, you see the big screen and you feel the energy and and you hear the the, uh, the laughter coming from you know rows and rows of people. It's a it's a different experience in so many ways. And it's just being out there, not being home and you're in our you know in front of our TV, which we all love. But being out, going out into a theater is already, you're already, you know, glad to be there. It's special. It's a theater. Exactly. So it, it, it is clearly um, uh, what, where movies should be watched. And um, that's not, you know, uh, not the way it is currently, at least, as I say, after the first week. Um, and I, I trust that's getting better. But uh, yes, it's very important. And I think everybody who goes to the theater understands exactly what, it, what you and I are saying about it. George, thank you so much right, for taking this time to talk with us tonight. It's been an honor, and I can't wait uh, for our listeners to hear this interview. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, I thank you for asking me. And, you know, I, honestly, I'm serious. Um, having done these before, there was something about the way you presented everything that really made it easy and fun for me to talk about things. So um, thank you, guys. And uh, I wish you guys the best and continue to continue to do your work. And thank, thank you, you so much. That means a lot. hmm you, you stay oh. safe, and uh, maybe one day we'll do it again. Absolutely. All right. We'd love to. Absolutely love to. But All right, George, all right. you have a wonderful you, evening. All right, sir? You too. Bye-bye, guys. All right, and that was our conversation with George Weiner. Damn, that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Imagine if we had more time to pick his brain. Oh, yeah. The stories this guy's got to be able to tell. I mean, he's... <laughs> Like we were saying before, it'd be more difficult to list something he hasn't done right. than what he has. Yeah. That many credits. George, were you in this? No. Yes. <laughs> Score. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but I I haven't been able to 
I looked on Instagram. I didn't see he had a, a handle or anything. I, he's a bit old school, so I don't think he has social media. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he has a website. Not that I was seeing. Do you know? I don't think so. So check him out on IMDb. Just check him out on YouTube. Just Google his just name. Just turn your damn TV on. Watch or just put space balls <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Just put space balls in. But uh, a big thanks to George for stopping by and uh, visiting with us here on the show. And uh, I guess that leaves us with Jack. What's on the website? Go to candairpodcast.com where you can oofs. Listen, like, follow, and subscribe. Become a patron. Buy some merch. And if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our combat contacts page. Surrounded by assholes. <laughs> what was that noise you made? <laughs> Listen, like, say, follow, yeah. and subscribe. Oofs. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, man. He's an asshole, sir. Major asshole. Sorry, sir. I'm trying my best, sir. <laughs> and don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And uh, the website Jack was just talking about, CandairPodcast.com, Patreon link, a link to our uh, merch page, two different ways you can support us and get something in return. Or if you don't have the financial means to support us, just leave us a review on your podcast player choice because that truly does help. Also, once again, we're putting out the call for uh, spooky stories for our Halloween episode, whether they be UFO or ghost or just something unexplainable. Uh, we want to hear your story. And we want to get you on our Halloween episode. Uh, looks like spots are filling up quick, though. Oh, so, yeah. you know, it's not too late to get your uh, story in if you have one. So let us know. Shoot us an email at info at candarepodcast.com. And Randy, what else? Evergreenpodcast.com. There it is. Check them out. Uh, after you check us out on there then check out a lot of the other shows but there's a lot of good shows on there so all right i think that's going to do it for this week's episode so until next time i am jeremy collie i'm jack doherty i'm randy hardenbrook thanks so much for listening everyone and be excellent to each other
dog. Hi, puppy. Nice puppy. Oh, no. Don't run. It'll only make things worse. Mutt. Remember, you never want to approach a stray dog, especially one that's foaming at the mouth. Get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown-up. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. This has been a Canned Air production. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains. We'll discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.